everyone, John Wertheim here. It is a special edition, uh, special perhaps the wrong word, but it is a um, a Tuesday edition of our podcast. News has just broken that Cass has ruled on Maria Sharapova's appeal, which, as you probably know by now, has been knocked down to nine months from two years to 15 months. And we thought we would weigh in today on Tuesday for a few minutes. I'm here with my producer, Jamie Lasanti. And this is big news in the tennis world. We thought we would just sort of riff for a few minutes and try and give this uh, this ruling some perspective. You can read the decision online. The ITF website has it. And the Sharapova camp as well, and we're going to be linking to this, has a 48-page repudiation that uh, they have basically outlined their case. Clearly, a lot of this was drawn from the documents they had been preparing in conjunction with their appeal. So again, the takeaway here, Cass has ruled and they have knocked down Maria Sharapova's punishment for her anti-doping violation. It was at two years after the ITF tribunal weighed in. Now it is at 15 months per the Cass appeal. So she'll be eligible to play in April of 2017. Uh, Jamie, I don't know if you had a chance to read this or if you want to team me up and discuss, but um, I... I'm reading this, and I'm I'm not still sure entirely what we make of all this. Uh, the Sharapova camp is not not unreasonably claiming this is a, a victory, even in an email subject heads. Sharapova wins appeal. Uh, one of the emails they sent today's cast decision is a stunning repudiation of the ITF, and I, I think to some extent, uh, stunning might be overstating the case, but no doubt this is a repudiation. That said, there is still a penalty in effect. And it is uh, I know they were hoping for a year and it was not a year. So it wasn't uh, a unanimous repudiation. It does seem as though basically nobody's winning here, that the ITF was picked apart, that putting meldonium on the ban list is now something that really seems fairly suspect, given the relative absence of science, the procedures seemed to have been something other than smooth. A lot of the, the smaller points that were in the initial hearing were picked apart by Cass. And yet it still stands that Sharapova took a banned substance and is serving a 15-month appeal. I, I think you can only go so far sort of playing a, a victim card or passing off blame. It still is not great for anyone that one of the sports big stars is facing this 15-month doping ban, though obviously 15 months is preferable to two years. So basically, I, I'm not quite sure... Whether anyone is uh, is really deserving to take victory laps here, I think this decision still is a bit murky in the sense that there is blame being placed on Sharapova, and yet there's also language there suggesting there is there is no, no blame. Fault. So uh, yeah, exactly. So there there is uh, she's being blamed, and again, 15 months is more than uh, than they could have given her. So. This could have been knocked down even further. So clearly they feel there's some culpability. And yes, you have this language, Jamie, as you mentioned, that uh, says that no significant fault should be placed there. And that uh, Maria's decision to entrust her agent with helping to ensure her anti-doping compliance was reasonable as he was sufficiently qualified to handle the task. I think that's a big line in the decision because something that the initial tribunal decision hinged on was the fact that they did not find it reasonable and they basically took issue with with some of what her what she would say is explanation what they would say are alibis so it, it, it's a bit confusing and again I, i'm a little confused why we have a 15-month ban if in fact this was this this categorical repudiation but the fact remains big picture sheriff is in a better place today than she was yesterday
What do you make of her statement? Because I know a lot of people sort of said that she seemed like she was, like you said, celebrating this, uh, and maybe it doesn't call for, for celebration. We can read some of the things she said, but basically she said, I am happy to, I'm, I'm excited to be back and can't wait. And she sort of threw blame a little bit towards towards the ITF. What do you what do you make of that? Yeah, I've gone from one of the, this is Maria Sharapova's part of her statement. I've gone from one of the toughest days of my career last March when I learned about my suspension to now one of the happiest as I found out I can return to tennis in April now that this process is over, I hope the ITF and other relevant tennis anti-doping authorities will study what these other federations did so no other player will have to go through what I went through, no other tennis player. And to my fans, I thank you so much for living and breathing so many of these tough months together. During this time, I've learned the true meaning of a fan, and I'm so fortunate to have had your support. I'm coming back soon, and I can't wait. So Maria Sharapova clearly gratified by today's decision. And this point was something I was on a call with her with her lawyer, John Haggerty, who raised the same point, basically saying that tennis's notifications were really lacking and compared to what athletes in other sports, including weightlifting and some other national federations had been through, exactly, um, that they took issue with tennis's notifications. Again, nobody comes out looking real good here. Uh, tennis's authority, I think, was undermined. Tennis's protocols were called into question by cast obviously the initial tribunal decision was picked apart and i also think that again while 15 months is preferable to two years maria sharapova still has a a bit of a stain from the fact that she has this anti-doping sanction so you know it'll be interesting to see i mean it's gratifying to know that sharapova plans to come back remember there had been speculation when we heard this two-year ban that that's that's it we're never going to see her again so that's nice to hear um, I suspect that there's a sense of she's she's done her time. I, I think she'll be welcomed back fairly warmly. And it'll be interesting to see the state of her game. It'll be interesting to see what tennis's response to this is. There was also, not coincidentally, an Outside the Lines report on ESPN that really took issue with tennis's testing protocol and what they were testing for and how often they were testing and the budget. These are not necessarily new issues but this is is definitely a a hot button issue i suspect this will be our tennis story of the week jamie she'll be back in time for the french open correct uh so april 26th and she will have a chance to perhaps get a wild card do you think that that will be offered her ranking is down to 95 now 95 and that will uh that will only go down from here obviously and it'll be interesting to see how tennis handle this my, my suspicion is that she will be afforded as many wild cards as she wants and the fact that she's having this this ranking insufficiently high to get to a main draw because of a doping violation is not really going to uh to factor into that she'll be playing i suspect some tune-up events on clay and then she goes to the french open which is the one major she's won multiple times so again if you're the sharapova camp this you're in a much better place today than you were Yesterday, at the same time, you sort of big picture, there's still some unanswered questions. I, I'm not sure we've still gotten a satisfactory response to why this had not been listed on her on her forms. This Mildrenate had not been listed on her on her anti-doping forms. I think there's still a, a bit of a stain here, but I do think it's it's diminished by this report from Cass. And I also think that tennis and the ITF and to a lesser extent this tribunal has some explaining to do as well. It's it's clear that 
mildronate slash meldonium going on the ban list seems a bit hasty. The science is still fairly dubious as to whether this really does have performance enhancing qualities. I think one reason this went on the ban list was the sheer volume of athletes from a concentration of countries. So you had a lot of athletes showing up testing for this drug, not a question of testing positive or not. It wasn't on the ban list, but a number of athletes from Eastern Europe were testing positive for this meldonium. And I think on the basis of that and not on the scientific qualities of the substance, this drug moved to the ban list. And I think that is, um, I, I see it both ways, but I think there's an inherent danger in that. And I think what we're seeing is that meldonium probably went on this ban list a little too hastily, Jamie. Does that make sense? I don't know if I said that clearly. Did that make sense? I, th- I think the reason it went on the ban list is not necessarily because they said, aha, these are performance enhancing qualities. It's because in testing athletes in a variety of sports, meldonium kept coming up again and again and again. And I think this concentration of positive tests for meldonium led WADA to say, you know what, something's going on here. We need to move this to the ban list. What they found out, first of all, was that this the, the scientific qualities are still very much a matter of debate. What we also learned was that meldonium does not leave the system as early as, as we perhaps thought, which is why players Lepchenko is one example that was what I was in, uh, in yeah. tennis. Yeah, I mean, Lepchenko tested positive for the same substance in the same testing cycle as Sharapova. The difference was Lepchenko said, my usage came prior to January 1st. This was still a legal substance. It's just taken a while to exit my system. Sharapova um, came forward and said, my usage extended into 2016. That's my bad which is why Lepchenko did not face uh, a sanction, and, and Sharapova has the 15 months. Again, if I had a question to ask Cass, I suppose it would be, and I don't see this, you know, you and I are taping this, you know, within an hour of this being released. Perhaps by the time you listen to this podcast, you will hear more. My one question to Cass would be, if in fact this is such a round critique and such a thorough repudiation as it seems to be, why 15 months? Why not just well, say to Sharapova, or, or even, hey, listen, no ban at all. No, no. Your your eligibility period starts Monday. Um, why did they? Why nine months and only? Yeah, exactly. 12. Why why the nine month reduction and not the twelve month reduction? But, do you think uh, it has something to do, like you said, that it wasn't necessarily uh, everyone didn't agree on it? You think it was like one person? Yeah, I I don't know how this. I mean, that's one thing we're not made privy to. I mean, it's, it's not a justice. Supreme Court decision where we know how uh, every justice is, is casting, uh, is coming down on the issue. But what I what I do think is that when an athlete proactively comes forward and says, my fault, but I concede, I, I confess to using this banned substance during the period in which it was banned, there has to be, and I think the Sharapova camp knew this, there had to be some punishment. Um, again, 15 months strikes me as a bit of a strange number given some of the wording we've seen in this uh in this appeal but then again uh there there clearly were were a lot of substantive issues and also procedural issues that the appeals court cast had with the initial itf tribunal so all all of this is to say again i don't think every question's been answered i don't think anyone necessarily should be uh popping champagne having said that Maria Sharapova certainly could have been a lot worse. I think this will put her back on the path to recovery, not just in terms of her ranking in tennis, but in sort of the court of public opinion. Her sponsors, some of them have weighed in already, essentially congratulating her. This was not a particularly uh, joyous chapter in uh, tennis history, but um, it, it does seem as though we have some semblance of a conclusion. And in April, 
we'll see Maria Sharapova. One thing, just tangential issue, I, I wonder what, now that she knows she's coming back, and now that she has a date she can target, I wonder if she will be playing exhibitions. And uh, she, she held one herself um, perhaps a year ago or so in, in Southern California. I suspect that she has plenty of opportunity to play, whether it's IPTL or whether it's one night, one night onlys. It'll be interesting to see if Maria Sharapova will be playing sanctioned, not sanctioned, if she'll be playing unsanctioned exhibition matches before she's able to start playing sanctioned WTA matches in April. Question, when she does come back, uh, does she have to go through any particular testing that someone else may not have to when she's coming off a doping ban? Is there any specific rules or regulations that she has to abide by or go through in order to kind of give her eligibility? Or is it sort of April 26th, no problem? That That is a good question, and we will uh, seek an answer to that. In other sports, if you have a doping violation, you're subject to a different set of testing than athletes who have never tested positive, which is why I mean, we just we just saw this with an NBA player who clearly is being tested at an accelerated rate. And that's a good question that, honestly, I don't know the answer to. If you have a anti-doping violation, if you have a ban the way Sharapova does, are you subject to the same kind of WADA testing or, or there's some sort of special category? That's a good question that we'll look into. Um, I suspect we'll be talking about this a lot more in the coming days, I talked to Sharapova's camp uh, maybe half an hour ago, and they were undecided on whether she would be taking questions. We have the statement that they've released that uh, we can put out, too, on SI.com. But they were um, they were sort of taking a wait-and-see approach to whether Sharapova would be taking questions the way her attorney did several moments ago. So Sharapova may even speak later today or tomorrow, in which case we will— uh, we will have a, a recap of that. I suspect we'll be talking about this in, in the mailbag and talking about this in future tennis conversations. But this is a quick weigh-in before noon on Tuesday, a special podcast. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, John. All right. Next podcast, we'll have a happier topic. It will be uh, less of a monologue and more of a dialogue. Um, we have a, a special guest, a longtime tennis voice, who will be spending some time with us on Thursday. Uh, that will be a bit of a different conversation on a more upbeat topic, but this was a quick weigh-in on Maria Sharapova's cast appeal decision being granted, striking down the prior ITF ruling and giving her a 15-month suspension, not the two years that she was initially given. All right, that's all for today. I'm John Wertheim. She's Jamie Lasanti. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in a few days. 